It's transfer deadline day. The final hour of the window is open. We have nine more signings coming in, but none more important than this one. George Inyo from Chelsea. And uh, let's just say some people are interested in talking about it. So it's your open mic opportunity to join us on the Gooners Pod. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge and their sensual advice but now it's gone too far you our fans are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod hello and welcome to the gooners pod we have look we are the only podcast that has Jorginho with us today so uh and we only have him for an hour because there's apparently some stuff he has to do but uh this is an open mic show uh, we have three hosts tonight. We've got myself uh, from the uh, freezing cold 30-degree temperatures and 34-degree uh, pool water. Uh, got my it was unicorn. minus 15 in Denver yesterday. Got my unicorn with me. I just got to blow it up. Uh, but Andy, you're in your usual spot. How you been? Yeah, cold. Uh, you're in a pool. It was minus 15 in Denver yesterday. It's warmed up a little bit today, but don't um, say urine and pool in the same sentence, please, because uh, yeah, that because... I know it's a trigger for you. I am very much looking forward to being in that pool with you in a few weeks. I hope we can both fit into the unicorn. <laughs> that unicorn is not making it through your visit. I can tell you that much. What are you looking forward to more? Um, our wives meeting for the first time or are you and I getting into that unicorn together? It depends on what our wives meeting ends up turning into. There better um, be a pillow fight. Yeah. Speaking of wives, John, how you been, man? Long <laughs> time. Good. Good. It's always good to see you are in, uh, in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. It's 13 degrees here now. And is it is it is it is it fifty four minutes until the end of the transfer window in Chicago, or is that just here? In uh, I don't know how time works, so oh, okay. I, like I literally have to bust out a calculator when I'm trying to figure out what something's going on because it went from it went from five hour difference to we're six hours difference uh, behind. Well, wait, uh, yeah, wait, wait until daylight savings time. You're going to be screwed. Aren't they canceling that? Aren't they? Isn't that? I heard like they're like, Where? you know what? 
it, we tried it for it didn't work so let's give it up i think they should yeah. just have one time zone and everyone just gets used to like being light at four o'clock in the morning or you, they, you well, know. They, they invented it so that all the trains could get like oh, that, that's pretty much where clocks came from they're like well we need to figure out where the trains get there we don't need that anymore so i heard they're canceling it here um this is like our last one I don't think there is. Is there a daylight savings in the UK? I don't actually know. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and what makes yeah. it even more confusing is like they jump forward two weeks after us, but they fall back two weeks before us. It's so we get, we get the we get the long period, then we get the short. And I'm always over there when it happens too. So like it, it ends yeah. up being like 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 am I calling my kid? You know. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Great transfer deadline day show so far. Uh, <laughs> the patter is over, and here's how this is going to work. Um, just like our post-game shows, if you're in the Red Room, uh, if you came to GoonerOpenMic.com, which is, which is the direct link to get right, right into our uh, backstage area, uh, we are going to bring you on camera. John's going to stay on with us the whole time, and we're going to cycle in other people and, and, uh, and do our best to let you talk. Um, it's not my strong suit, letting other people talk, but um, we want you to share your thoughts. If you are stark raving mad, like some folks I just witnessed on uh, the Gunner uh, Talk TV, let's hear it. We'll we'll have a debate, um, and uh, you know, just have your have your say. If you're in the in the green room or the red room or whatever we call it, and you and your camera's not on, I can't bring you on on uh, on camera. So I've seen a few people come in with their cameras off. So just uh, make sure you turn it on before you want to come on. So. Joining us first today, we have Stefan, uh, or is it Stefan? Uh, whatever, Stefan, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go with Stefan. Uh, so I guess we'll start off each one with uh, happy, not happy. What's your uh, What's your I'm, point of view right now? I'm 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 happy, bordering on really happy. So I'm I'm the optimistic, or I don't know what I would call myself for the positive fan so yeah I'm, I'm definitely happy where are you joining us from by the way stuff i know i don't i don't think we've had you on an open mic before so it's always nice uh, to have, have yeah. breaking ducks <laughs> from from uh bulgaria <clears throat> oh nice ah do you know drago yeah. i just assume everyone in bulgaria you know, knows each know each other mike yeah i just assume you know I, you assume everyone looks alike i do i, I do everyone in bulgaria knows each other i mean it's it's a I, bad habit but I don't know him like I I haven't actually met him, but uh, we 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 talk quite a bit on uh, Twitter. So yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Um, well, you know, I if do. you're if you're half as good as he is, uh, then you're twice as better than he is. That's that's what I have to say. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> that, that's my new words of wisdom. So so what makes you? I mean, what makes you specifically happy? Is it? Uh, I mean. It, I guess what context do you look at this transfer window and are you focused on the final day, the final two weeks, the entire thing, or like, how do you, how do you come to your conclusion about how you feel about the window? Um, I would, I, I, I would honestly put it from, from mainly two, from two viewpoints per se. For me, the window is, it was, was a s s success because of how we actually pivoted. So for example, I know I was really keen on 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 Mudrick. I really wanted him. I thought he would, you know, he would be he would be great and stuff. And I, I would have loved him. But then the way we actually did was, we're like, you know what? We're gonna use the money that we actually saved from not buying him, 
and actually improve some of the weak points of our squad. So, for example, for me, I thought moving for Jakub Kivior was brilliant because I think from what I read in the summer, Borussia Dortmund are after him, Atletico, Madrid are after him, Milan, there would have been far more competition and potentially to, to teams that could promise him much more first-team football than us. So I think moving for him was brilliant because now when when we have Gabriel, because every, let's be honest, every Arsenal fan right now is nervous because if Gabriel gets injured, we don't have another left-footed centre-back that actually fits within the uh, system. Now we do. So I thought... That was good. I also thought Trossard at 25 million, I think is is a bargain. I think he with a normal contract and a normal, you know, without him, you know, throwing his his toys out in pram and 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 going on strike or 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 whatever. I think Trossard is, I would say, around a 40 to 45 million pound player based on the fees that that that, that teams pay and just based on his stats. He's got He's been on a team that's on a big high at the moment that are playing extremely well. He's their top goal scorer. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he has the most amount of assists also for them. So, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just super happy how we actually, although we had to go to plan B, which from a negative perspective, I'm also not liking because the trend lately in the last maybe year and a half to two years, we haven't signed our number one targets. I know we've done really well with the plan B targets like Ramsdale, like Ben White, like Zinchenko. Um, but I, I do believe that's based on the status of the club at the moment. Although we're doing really well, I think we're on the kind of the precipice or the edge of going back into that elite echelon where when we go for a player, the player is like, okay, I can't say no to Arsenal. And those are the big players. And that's why I believe that us saving money from Jorginho specifically, because I think it is, it's, I think it's just, it's a common sense deal because it's only 10 million. He's on a year and a half contract. He's super experienced. Most, you know, the, the favorite word that American sports shows love intangibles. He has the right in intangibles. Uh, if you actually read about him, he has a very kind of, rags to riches story uh, if you read in terms of his Chelsea teammates love him he's never had a problem with any coach he's never you, you've never heard anything bad about his his work ethic his he kind of sounds like the Chelsea granite Jaka. yeah exactly and, mm-hmm. and yeah and from Chelsea fans the reaction that we gave that that I saw on Twitter and from Arsenal fans specifically that was polarizing Chelsea fans are because in Bulgaria, there's a lot of Chelsea fans, and I have a few friends, and they're exactly like how you one friend loves him, says he's super underrated, super underappreciated, always plays big in big games, is clutch. But the other the, the other friend hates him, says he's not mobile, he gets he gets overran in midfield, he's too slow on the ball, stuff. So so you get it's kind of like the same reaction to Arsenal fans. If you ask me personally to finish off, guys, sorry for um, the Jorginho signing for me fits perfectly within the Arteta system. Arteta has always wanted him, has always loved him ever since he was a assistant coach at Man City, including Pep, too, has always really rated him. I think he he suits a system which dominates the ball, so we all which has you know which always usually has m- more of the ball because let's be honest, Jorginho 
rarely loses it, even though it might be safe passes or recycling the ball. He's always he ne- he rarely loses the ball. So for me, I think and let's, he's a backup. Why are people like he's not coming in to replace Partey or Jacques or to be like a, <clears throat> an an instigator for our title charge? He's yeah. a backup. John, do, do you and, think uh, like Caicedo would have been? like our next five or six year yeah. replacement for with these players. But uh, Jorginho is clearly not, which, which would lead you to thinking, you know, even though he's on an 18 month deal, it's the next four months that he, that we signed him for. Uh, anything beyond that is just pure depth and gravy. Uh, and then we go to the summer. So, so, uh, you know, I want to, I want to try to get, you know, kind of everybody involved, John, and, and you can ask Stefan a question for, for, uh, for his opinion on whatever you want, but, I mean, this is a short-term deal, and I mean, I, I think the meltdown seems to imply that it was either Georgina was a, a second to Caicedo or a second to Rice or a second to all these guys, and it's just it's a timing issue, is it not? Yeah, and I think that when you contextualize it as a backup signing, who obviously I don't think he sees himself necessarily that way. He wants to try to start at a party, which is exactly what you want. I don't think I think that he's going to have an upward battle, which is fine, because Partey right now is in world class form, in my opinion. But you know, when you contextualize exactly, and I think Stefan did that really well, uh, when you're trying to contextualize what his purpose is in this team right now, I, I think that a lot of the criticism probably stems from from things that are not related to the actual project that Arteta has going forward. Because when you actually look at it, you can see the the you can see the the what people say and you can kind of see why people are criticizing it. And I think that Stefan touched on that. Well, you know, that he may not be the slowest, he might not be the fastest player in the world or, um, but I think the counter is like you said, it's like Jaka, right? It, it, people said the same thing about him and you can argue that even Jaka's time at the six wasn't great. He was but, awful. It but, just, it just, yeah. but even then, even, even at the time where he, you know, he didn't have any backup in terms of the center backs or the defense or, and, you know, we were all over the place switching players around in the defense, which you shouldn't be doing. Um, he was still putting in, and people don't like to hear this, but leading the league ahead of Giorgino at the time as well in passes into the final third, things like yeah. that. So he was still creating from that deep line play, playmaking role. And you have to think if the team was as cohesive as it was now, would Jacques have struggled as much in that six role if no. you if you put him there, if you put him there? And I think he wouldn't. So I think even the concerns people have over Jorginho as related to how Xhaka played in that role, considering their similar profile, I don't think those exist in this particular setup. No, he 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 never hides. That's the other thing I really like about Jorginho. He never hides from the ball. Just like Granit Xhaka might have been crap at the six at some times in the game, but I, I have always loved him because Granit Xhaka, just like Jorginho, even though maligned, every coach loved him. Every coach played him, no matter how much... You know, every coach played Xhaka, just like they Jorginho played for every coach. He played under Lampard, he played under Sarri, and he was key. He was arguably their most important player in that Champions League run, and he was arguably Italy's most important player at the Euros. He played he every game. player of the year. He was exactly. he was uh he, he was in line for the Ballon d'Or. I mean, uh, look. As far as backups go in the Premier League, I get like why people may be upset that it's a Chelsea player and stuff like that. But I don't get trying to rewrite history with respect to the quality of the player himself. 
And and this is something that Sky has been reporting all day. Now Sky doesn't get everything right. In fact, there's one very annoying thing that they've gotten wrong today that I uh, will be going into a little later. <laughs> but but they've been reporting that this was never a a pivot from Caicedo. In fact, once this deal was put well into motion, they were still going back to Caicedo, and they wouldn't have said, "Oh, well, we got Caicedo." The Jorginho thing's off. So, you know, this is potentially something that was in the works and going to be done independent of everything else. That might not change people thinking in terms of uh, that it's still a failure, that we didn't get the big deal over the line. But, but, uh, but Jorginho, a.k.a. Andy, do you have any hesitancy? I mean, the only thing that makes me angry or worried or, or annoyed about this deal is that we've just given Chelsea potentially 12 million pounds towards their future FFP problems. And I, you know, he would have been free in the summer, but we don't need depth in the summer. We need it now. No, I think, yeah, aside from that little piece and ultimately 12 million in the ocean that they're throwing money into doesn't really like change or move zeros. But for me, I look at this at Arteta finally got the man he's wanted for quite some time. And even Jorginho said in his interview, like this has been he's still a- that man though. Huh? Is he still that man, though? Well, <laughs> yes, I, mean, no, I could, I could go get again, I could go we, get Pele at this point, but he's not going to play that well for us. Yeah, l- listen, we need three to four months out of this guy, and maybe what ten matches at most. Like, let's hope that. Yeah, I and and you know, I I understand. Like, the fans are super upset, but had he come from a different team other than Chelsea, I don't think that would have mattered because we wouldn't be thinking about Czech. William, Galas, like the history of all the players. David but, Luiz. Exactly. But for me. Although, although David Luiz. David Luiz oh, it was yeah. key. Yeah, this is the other thing. I, 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 I knew. I knew. You about you. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I, I for one, I, I, I like the transfer. I think it's a Premier League proven player. We have the youngest squad in the league. He's going to come in and be as far as everyone's aware. And what all like even the Kukurea thing today. It seems like everyone loves him. In the dressing room, and so that that is huge because you're they not going to have further destabilize. They're they're throwing a bunch of new people in who don't know each other, who don't who are all kind of there wondering what who's going to play and when, and then they just took one of the most stable things that they had, right? And gave them to us. My, my, I, that's not yeah. a bad thing. My kick, because you guys are from the states. I've read about this guy. Where does this money come from, guys? You'll He's, be. He, He's a third. Oh, Mike, Mike is going to tell you where it comes from. Don't worry. Yeah. He's, he's a third of, of Kroenke's net worth, net, worth, uh, net worth, and Kroenke's married to a Walton. Yeah, like, no, it, 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 it's not about wealth. It's about, I mean, look, you're talking about hundreds of millions for, I mean, you know, 100, 100, million, 100 million pounds. There's 10 of those in a billion. And I mean, <laughs> I'm about to do simple, stupid math. I mean, there's plenty of money to do this. The question is financial fair play and smart business sense. At what point are you running a business that's just absolutely just tanking money? And I have already started the spreadsheeting that that is the first step of doing a a, a financial episode on Chelsea. You know, we're an Arsenal podcast, and I couldn't. Really, I don't care about Chelsea, but since it's such a topic of everyone's discussion, and it seems to be related to us because of the Mudrick crossover and. Why aren't they having financial fair play issues? 
Swiss Ramble did a good piece on it. I'm going to try to yeah, take yeah. his information and maybe go a, a step further in the projections and talk about what, you know, what will get them in FFP danger. But, um, but there's, a, I mean, they are not in FFP danger at all. And this is where I'm going to bring up Sky Sports. And then we're going to need to go to our next open mic or Stefan. But Sky Sports today was talking about the Enzo Fernandez deal, which now seems like it is on. No, it's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah, 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 it's done. done. Yeah, they they were referring to the discussion between uh, Chelsea and Benfica over, you know, a release clause normally is just paid in cash. Yeah. But Chelsea is essentially saying we'll pay your release clause because no one else is going to. But we want to pay it over six years. And then it was no, we want it over two years. And then no, no, no. Chelsea offered more. They said we're we're going to pay you more money than the release clause. Because we're gonna pay you an install because the the Benfica, okay, so yeah, they're actually Benfica paying more than one hundred five. Yeah. So they're, they're paying, paying like what is this is even worse than when when Roman Abramovich came. Like this is more like crazy. oh, it's much more it's much more reckless. Roman Abramovich spent money, but he did it smartly. But I he love bought, that tweet. You know, he bought uh, Crespo. Yeah, he's. I love that tweet someone made. Todd Bowley went after Jorginho before. Jorginho he went, yeah. Yeah. Until he found out that he already played for Chelsea. <laughs> you tried to sna uh, snare him yeah, from Arsenal. Just, yeah, just, but, yeah, just There is uh, – but, but what Sky Sports said was that the reason that Chelsea were trying to extend the number of installments was to fit in with the financial fair play limitations, and that's just complete and total bullshit. bullshit. It's nonsense. Yeah. It has nothing to do with why they were trying to do that. Interesting. Um, they're just trying to delay their payables because financial fair play is is completely not based on installments. It's based on amortization of the contract. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get into that more on my special. But Stefan, please yeah. uh, do come back. Uh, we, we, we do these I about an hour after the game. It's great to hear from you. And um, my, my, my so, so sorry to interrupt. I just I just wanted to say one one final thing. Sure. Thank you guys for 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 giving me the uh, the actual time you, you, you gave me you gave me so much time to actually talk, but on that on that final thing just to leave you guys to actually think for me I actually don't think financial fair play will be the end of things. I think politics. This is what Todd Bowley doesn't understand. Once he starts taking on the big boys, which is Real Madrid, the Barcelonas, Barmy, once he pisses one of them off by big time overspending on some player that they like. That's when they'll go to UEFA, and that's when I think, because this isn't baseball where the more money you actually spend there, the greater you know it's good for the sport, it's good you know publicity and stuff like. That. This is why I think Bowley does not get when Real Madrid and Barca get like like recently, like three days ago, they announced that in the summer from now on, you're not allowed to give over five years for over five year deals. That was I'm one hundred percent sure one of the one of the big boys, Man United. Or Barcelona or Real Madrid said, "Hey, this is this is not good for us. This well, is screwing us over." Yeah. You may prove so, to be right on that. I, it, it's a hey, great call. So, Stefan, come back on, man. We you were Thanks, great. Guys. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Let's right, go, care, Arsenal. Come on, let's win Alrighty. the league. We're gonna win the league. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, as as open mic shows tend to be, uh, the first guests that get on tend to tend to be on longer because we don't have a full idea of how long we're going to be on. So, uh, but but we're, we've got no end date for the or end time for this. We have no end date for this. We're going to go till Saturday. Uh, so if you want to jump on, you will get your time. We're not going to rush you. Gooneropenmic.com. Uh, next on the show uh, is a man who described himself to me in a. Uh, dm uh as being the first let me see was it 
was it German East Indian? I, I'm, I'm going to let him say it. Chevron, tell me, take yourself off mute for a second. Yeah. And uh, and he's the Chevronator. Tell us how you described yourself to me. So, yeah, thanks for me. Can you hear me well? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, okay. No, I just describe myself as like an East German Indian Arsenal fan because I'm, I'm, I'm the East part of Germany and I'm not sure if you have, you have had a lot of East German Indian Arsenal fans on your show, so... Well, I you do. Know, uh, I co-host a Mastodon server with with a uh, Indian gentleman who is uh, a Germany fan, so maybe there's some sort of a connection. But anyway, that's sure, not what okay. we're here to talk about. Uh, right. What What do you make of the transfer window? Uh, how do you look and evaluate the transfer window? And what do you think about Jorginho? I mean, first of all, as far as the Jorginho signing is concerned, I mean, I see it as an elderly replacement. I mean, people talked about, like, uh, you know, we have we have Elneny in the squad. So, like, why after Jorginho? But news just dropped in today that Elneny will probably miss the remainder of the season. So, this is not... I don't see this as a Thomas party backup. I just see this as, like, a, an assured Elneny replacement because, I mean, his contract is, is going up in, in the summer. And Lokonga is, is off to Crystal Palace uh, on a loan deal. So we were literally left with two midfielders. So I, I don't see this as like, I mean, I, I think the problem the lot of people have with this signing is, is, is that they thought that we were going to get Casado and then, uh, we sort of end up with Jorginho. This is like a panic buy, blah, blah, blah. But the way I see it is, is it's just bodies in midfield. And we were looking at what is the most viable option that, that we can do, which financially suits us. Uh, does it necessarily block a path for another young player in the squad? Uh, the, uh, no. I mean... We, we do have some good youngsters in the sort of the under 21, but nobody is knocking on the doors at the moment, right? So I see this as like an assured minimum risk signing, which helps us to sort of go for the title till the end of the season. That's that's my take on the Georgia New Deal. Do you think, uh, Andy, that if people, if we had signed someone else and Jorginho, would anybody be talking about Jorginho at all? No, I think people would just, you know, probably follow that same narrative of like X Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, but, you know, someone put it in the, the group. We've just signed Al Nini's replacement. Like Jorginho wouldn't have come if Al Nini was healthy going into the remainder of the season. And again, we're signing a player for 10 million, Premier League ready, who's won almost every trophy he's ever played for. And he's a great, you know, locker room guy. And we're not tied to him long term. I honestly, for do you me, know if we gave him a pay, do you know if we gave him a pay, uh, a bump, a pay bump or not? He was on one. Hanson said that the, the, the movement of, um, what's his face? Ugh, I'll write back to Fulham. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, Cedric. Cedric paid for seventy percent of of this deal, right? Well, Cedric, so, yeah, Cedric's on like uh, on a hundred, and this one, yeah. is, and he, if he's on one hundred and ten, and uh, yeah, I mean, but I think like 
70 million or more for Casado in my mind is absolutely insane considering a player like Declan Rice will go for roughly the same amount and we know what the ceiling on Rice is. We don't know well, what the problem the is if the problem is if Caicedo did go for 80 then then Rice would suddenly be 120. Right. And, and that's I, one reason why I, Arsenal's doing their part in trying to curb this ridiculous Chelsea driven inflation, I think. And, and well, and maybe I'm, we should kind of, sign Declan Rice on a contract till 2045. I, well, I mean, he, he looks like he could go until he's 100. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, this is like just well, like, the thing is, we're used to that. As I mean, I mean, you look, how many years did uh have all the Colorado Avalanche signed? I mean, hockey, it's a common thing, and baseball now, it's a common thing. You, you, you're paying people 400 million dollars. But it's over twelve years. But the, the and that's the big difference. But you can like, cut players and get out of those contracts in, in the where, NFL. That's where the Cronkies failed under the old regime is they were naive and yeah. they didn't have football minded people. And someone needs to sit down with Bowley and say, a lot of players fail coming to this league. It is not guaranteed you're gonna hit the ground running and just go, you know. That's the big thing for me, right? So when I'm looking at what do you want from a backup player, like you look at Trussard deal, you look at this, uh, you know, you have to look at what we're trying to do here. At, with, with Jorginho as a player that's going to be able to just step up and start playing. Like I, I know that like people were talking about um, uh, a, a couple other signings and, you know, they weren't in the Premier League. And I'm going, yeah, I think the ceiling on those players are great, but you're risking – not having a player that's not coming in and being able to hit the ground running. And I think that when you do that, you run into this problem where the opposing fans and people against the deal are going to say that you're just rationalizing. Uh, but, and you can't really argue with that, but the reality is like, don't you want a leader who's played in the Premier league? Isn't that exactly what you want in the locker room and being able to call them off the bench or in certain games where you think it's um, appropriate tactically, like that's what you want in a title race. Yeah. Like so, Trossard grabbing the ball in the 89th minute and immediately turning, looking at those center backs and being like, I'm going. I'm going. You may not get that out of Mudrick. That, that might not be his thought process. You know, it's just there's something about this league, and Chelsea have seen it time and time again where they bought a bunch of players in Roman's beginning like eras and they all failed. And it's like, money, mo yeah, money doesn't, uh, and, and that's what gets me. And, and Chevron, have you heard the, you know, the Arsenal and Adu cannot get big deals over the line thing, the na that narrative? Yeah. Um, I mean, just because we haven't just because we haven't signed someone over 72 million pounds and and you know when you look at the people who have been signed over 72 million pounds it's not exactly an all-star list of premier league greats you know it's it's could have beens and maybe someday will be's and and uh so i i just i bristle at that because we've just learned through two and a half years of of a rebuild that carefully and 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 I love this word carefully curating uh, a a squad of players to fit the image that the that the manager wants to have and who buy into it and who are flexible and play multiple positions is so much more important than just spending ninety million pounds eleven times. Would yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you just read my mind because I I, I just have like in, in in front of me courtesy of transfer market the the record arrivals in the Premier League. If I may, uh, just very quickly, Jack Grealish, Lukaku, mm -hmm. Pogba, Anthony, 
Harry Maguire, Jaden Sancho, uh, Van Dyke, Wesley Fofana, Darwin Nunes. I don't want to get big deals over the line <laughs> if those are the kinds of deals that we're trying to get over the line. Kai I mean, Havertz, Nicola Pepe, Kepa Arzabaga, KDB, and then Angel Di Maria. That's how the many of, How many of those, Chevron, has Manchester City signed? Two. And one of them was at the bottom of the list, which is KDB. That yeah, that's like, he's you, like 14. He's like a 14. In the, they're in the 30 to 70 range. Yeah. And that's where we are. Yeah. I mean, this, this sort of PTSD sort of comes from uh, the fact about how Chelsea are moving, like in, 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 in the transfer market. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing which also fuels this is this desperate attempt to keep Arsenal as like uh, a banter club. Like if Chelsea wouldn't have been making these moves, people would be bantering them right now. Nobody would, would even like give a damn about Chelsea. The only reason why everybody is just caught up to this wave is because they sort of need some narrative to sort of diminish our genuine title charts that we have going. And then Chelsea just have just boom come in, sort of whether they want it or not, I've, I've, I've done that. And then pretty much everyone, all the Premier League fans, have just caught on to the wave as a desperate attempt to sort of latch onto it, to basically say, ah, look at it. They may be 10, blah, 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 but they can sort of still roll you over. In the well, I, I, was, I, I, no- just, I just attended a Fulham-Chelsea game where or Fulham beat Chelsea, as a matter of fact, and Felix got mm-hmm. a red card. But the Chelsea supporters to my right uh, were, were, were singing, you know, Felix songs that included he hates the Arsenal, he came to, you know, came from Portugal, he hates the Arsenal. But, I mean, us not getting Felix had nothing to do with Felix hating the Arsenal, but they've got to make it about that. And, yeah, and, you know, I, and, and I expect other people to banter us. The problem is I'm seeing 40 to 50% of Arsenal supporters bantering us over this stuff, and I just don't get it. I mean, how many times do we have to learn the same lesson about team building and you know who are the top two teams right now arsenal and manchester city who are not the top two teams right now chelsea and manchester united there is a reason for that yeah, um, at the end of the day at the end of the day it's the, the cards are going to fall where they fall right so you know it's one thing to say yeah we really should focus on what this one group of fans are saying and i think we should to an extent because you know, they have a right to their own opinions, but at the same time, I'm pretty confident that this is going to, this is going to work, you know, in a way that the people who are uh, opposed to this uh, are, are not thinking it's going to work. Let me and put it in a better way. I think it's going to work out better than people think it is. And, you know, I think that the proof is going to be in the pudding. Um, thank you. Uh, and it's going to be how 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 he slots in, and I think they're going to start to realize quick, like they did with Trussard. It was very fast. The the 180 that people did on Trussard, you know, as like, oh, what are we doing here? We didn't get Mudrick. We're so sad. And all of a sudden, he came on the pitch, and it was like, yeah, man, all right, cool, I get it. I well, think- quite honestly, I was dealing with people on the night that that Mudrick signed for Chelsea, which was, I think, a Friday night, or yeah that who were just assuming that we weren't going to make any moves now because we missed out on Chelsea. Mm. I mean, they were literally mourning a transfer window that had gone the exact same way as last January did. 
and it was January 15th or right. 14th, which, which I mean, it, 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 it was just insane. Now we've signed three players. Are they, are they for the first team? No, but they certainly make us better. What um, I don't understand with our fan base is why does every signing have to be attached to like a, uh, a massive transfer fee? Like when Tommy Asu was signed, everyone was like, who the hell is this guy? And n- no one now relates that to, a, 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 you know, I know Ben White's kind of removed him from like a starting 11 position, but clearly we saw how important he was against, you know, our last couple of opponents of like, hey, there's a reason why that we have this fluid squad. And, you know, as John said before, we're looking for players who can walk into the team who don't need to be embedded into the league. Like that's why you buy players in the summer and you allow them to kind of, we are literally going into our most important stretch of football for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we have added players to this squad to do that. And I don't care if they come from Chelsea, United, wherever they're coming in to make a difference. And if you look at our team today versus last week, we are a stronger team. We have, you know, obviously the depth, it would be nice if El Nini wasn't hurt, but we are now looking at our bench going, oh, that's a good, that's a good substitution, right? Like I get excited when I see Trossard coming on for Martinelli because you know, hey, Martinelli has just made their lives a living hell. Now we have a fresh set of legs to do the same thing. Before it was Nelson and we were all kind of like, oh, maybe something would, good could happen, but I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, it's like Venger, it's the Venger thing. I'm sorry it didn't cost $55 million with Yeah. Venger. Yeah. yeah. So Chevron, last word for you. Um, any uh, anything else you want to mention uh, about our just, transfers and and uh, yeah, just I'll just make some. Oh, sorry, sorry. Just some no, closing comments on the you, other other two transfers. Yeah. If so you I want think, to I tell John his beard is nice. That's always good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, John, your your beard is really good. Yeah. So I think. This is, I think this is Trashard, I just made a grown man compliment another grown man's beard. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you right now, most of the compliments I get are from grown men. So. Hey, you know what? This is this is the kind of shit that you're not going to get on the Gooner talk, okay? Men right. complimenting right. other men. We are men. all about that. We're all about making sure we all feel in a comfortable space. Yeah, I feel real comfortable right now, so thank you. Yeah. Ron, do you feel comfortable right now, or do you feel like we just keep talking over you? <laughs> I, th- I think I'm just going to make closing comments on the okay. other two transfers. <laughs> um, Trossard, I see, I see it as like a front three signing because I, I, I always found that we have Martinelli and Saka as the two main wingers. And I always felt that like our backup wingers will, will be a very, very sort of pep, not to mention here, but the sort of always having like technical sort of tense on the wing, like how we used to have like four and on, 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 on the wide positions. So I still genuinely think that Smith Rowe and Vieira will be the backups in the wide positions, like to have like technical tense in the wide areas. And then you have Prasad as someone who can sort of play uh, in the sort of the front divisions. Not to say that Prasad is, is, is not a technical player, but but he's, he's not a number 10 who's, who's on the wings, right? But Smithro and Vera are technique, basically. And the other Jakub Kira signing, I think that was like a follow-up from the summer. Like if you remember, before we went for Zinchenko, we were actually in for Lissandro Martinez. And one of the reasons why we were in for Lissandro Martinez is because he's a left-back 
who could play center back and dm so and i think yakub kivir if with whatever little research that we have done so far is is someone who can do that so i i i just see that as as a position which we were sort of looking to fill in the summer and then i think we just followed it up this winter i'm really so, excited yeah. to see him i i'm i'm he's probably my favorite transfer but i think there might be a different reason why i like that transfer uh so much it's not necessarily for footballing reasons but uh but we're uh we're going to move on chevron thank you so much for joining us again you're welcome back we're breaking all kinds of ducks tonight we have another breaking broken duck coming up soon uh but yeah. uh but appreciate you joining us and uh and we'll talk to you soon so really appreciate right. it thanks for having me all right we are just these guests so far have been money. Yeah, no, fantastic, and Great and uh, you know, and 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 because they're the first time on the on the pod, they are doing this, and we love when people do that. Next, we have a man who I have met in person, uh, yet he has never been on the podcast before. I have lifted a drink with him within the past two weeks. He has wonderful opinions. He is regularly seen in and around the Gooner Talk TV, but he left their ass to come onto our show. Uh, it's Pablo. How you been, my friend? Hey, how's it going, guys? You all right? Yeah, yeah, doing well, doing well. How you been? You you, you chilly since I last saw you? I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I don't love not being in London anymore, but I can tell you this is not so bad. Yeah, well, we, it's not too bad over here. It's about six degrees at the moment, raining as usual. <laughs> so, yeah, cool, typical English weather. So, 15 minutes left in the transfer window. We're going to sign a few more people, right? If we don't sell Mbappe or sign Mbappe, this whole fucking window is out of God. This is bullshit. I would love to believe I'm that, fully we were signing, that, that we were signing. Uh, that we were signing Rufus Mbappe, uh, <laughs> and that hasn't even happened yet. So uh, I'll ask you the same questions, Pablo. You've been watching from backstage. Um, you know, we're talking about the news of the day, uh, which is Jorginho. We're talking about the news of the month, which is the entirety of the transfer window and kind of how January of this year is different from January of last year. What's your preferred viewpoint and, uh, and narrowness of, of, of how you analyze things? Well, I'm a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, to be honest with you. I've gone through angry, sad, like happy, then angry again, like I was on a TGT. <laughs> yeah, look, there you go. <laughs> and then now I'm a little bit more mellow again. <laughs> so, I mean, to be honest with you, did Tom's I mean, did Tom's almost condescending way of managing with people that didn't agree with him, and I say that in the most loving of way. Did it did it calm you down a little bit, or did you did it trigger that you? Was you one <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to get angry with me. <laughs> no, he, um, no, to be fair, he done a great job because um, I think I was one of the few, like, lesser angry people on that no, show. It was, it was, uh, it was a phenomenal show. If you missed it, go back and watch on replay because there were some, yeah, there was, was some great was callers great. and and Tom was on point the whole time. Yeah, he was. He held it. He held it together quite well. Um, to be honest with you, I've, I mean, the whole Georgino thing, like I said, is underwhelming to me. Yeah. I know probably a lot of people disagree and stuff like that, but it's mainly because of the fact that of the players we were kind of going for and where we thought we was going to end up. And then all of a sudden last day, I think I used the word, the words um, panic buy. Yeah. And the reason why I use a panic buy for is because um, 
at the beginning of the transfer window, I can guarantee you, between all of us here and most of the people listening, no one would have had Jorginho in their list of the players to sign. Yeah, most of the people that was was uh, I'm trying to do my I'm trying to do my best time now. Was um, <laughs> was was Vieira a panic buy? Was um, was Tomiyasu a panic buy? But uh, how about just, just out of curiosity? Yeah, no, neither of them are panic buys. Would, would you say he was a panic buy because it was the last day of the window? Because it sounds like Arteta tried to sign him in the summer last season. And then even today, he had mentioned Jorginho saying, hey, this has been kind of in the works for a while, not not to my not wanting, but because of other stuff. So I, I, I know what you're saying, but would you say like hearing that and kind of then hearing Arteta say, we finally got him, is that still your in your mind a panic buy or? Mm, no, not, well, the thing is, it's like you use some examples there. Yes, I see some people in the chat as well, Ray, saying about um, Partey and all these other players. These guys have been linked yeah, to us. For, yeah, they've been linked exactly. to us for a while. Yeah. Um, okay, Vieira came out of blue. Yeah, but it was very early on in the in the. If I remember rightly, it was very on in the transfer window that we got him. It wasn't like a last minute thing. So, Andy, you're probably right. It's like it's the fact that there's two things that just doesn't sit right with me. One of them is the fact, like I said, we were going for so many other options and it seemed like when all of our options have sort of pretty much ended, it was like, oh, okay, let's bring Jorginho, uh, who we always wanted, yeah? Um, another thing as well, again, it seems like a Chelsea retirement home, <laughs> like a Chelsea retirement home player. I'd probably be really negative and I, I get it. Why people probably get upset with it, but uh, like I said, I... I trust Arteta. I trust Edu. I know that he ain't coming in to be a first-choice player. That's for sure. Yeah? Um, so, for what he is, is actually not a bad buy. Yeah? But I just... I don't know. I suppose I've built my hopes up a bit too much, expecting more. Pablo, question. Um, it, assuming... Let's just, like, flip it a little bit. Let's say he was a plan B. Uh, like, So, he wasn't our first choice... But he was a plan. So assuming what uh, what was said earlier about, you know, always being on the cards, let's assume that's not true for, for the sake of the conversation. Is a plan B a panic buy? So if he would, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't get your first choice, but you still get the person that you're saying, okay, well, we, we didn't get that first choice, but here's another viable option. You know, because you need those. And remember, one of the big criticisms that people have had over Arsenal recently, especially in the transfer market, is that we don't really have a strat, an exit strategy if we don't get the, the initial player we want, right? So in this case, assuming that is a plan B, is that a panic? Or is it just, is it is it the the calculated decision you make after your first choice doesn't fall, falls and, through? And let me just add to that. Last January, I think the complaint was, and my frustration was, we did not seem to have a plan B. Exactly. And and if you, and, and, and sorry to compound it, but if you look at what we would consider plan Bs, they've worked out pretty damn well. And I know it's been mentioned before, but you look at like Zinchenko, you look at uh, Gabriel Jesus technically was a plan B. If you looked at Vlahovic as who, who they wanted initially, um, you know, we couldn't, Tomiyasu arguably. So, um, as far as plan B's go, um, it, it, we seem to have a good track record. So a would, would a plan B can be considered a panic buy. And are you still concerned 
over that if that were the case, given our track record with those kind of Can players. I also add something quick? It's I was I was cool. gonna ask you to add something because we've each added yeah. four different things. Paula, well, do, you, do you know what the full question I'm is? I'm gonna have to take notes here to I try know. and answer everyone back. Yeah. It, it, we'll, we'll rewind the tape 15 minutes <laughs> when the question started. Obviously, Sky Sports can be wrong, but throughout the day, they were saying this would have been a signing in addition to anything else that happened. So it may not have been a plan B. It could have been part of it could have been plan A subcategory. <laughs> You're speaking my language now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'll, I'll get all your points, really, to be fair. Um, but I, I don't know. Something just. <sighs> I think it's more of a personal thing than anything else. It's like more of a feeling I'm getting. Um, to me, I don't know if it's because we've been hurt so many times in the past and we have gone for targets and then all of a sudden we ended up just getting, like I say, panic buys, yeah, um, at the end. And I don't know whether that's still lingering in my head and thinking, oh, please tell me we're not going back to that same old routine buying old Chelsea players that are pretty much like... to. <laughs> The way you look up, up, another way of looking at it as well is Chelsea are upgrading their squad to a certain level, obviously ridiculously amounts. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. If you're listening rather than watching, Pablo, uh, Mike Herzog just said, Pablo, I get all your points, but you are all wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's as polite as he gets. Hey, but why yeah. did get a sense of humor? This is strange. Uh, I, did. I, I think I'm just must bring it out. I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think this, this window has broken, Mike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and this is the thing. Like, it's, it's, I suppose it's very difficult to sort of justify a plan B option as such because I know people say like Jesus, um, Shevchenko all these players that we had other people we went for and ended up getting someone to replace but all of these are a calibre of players. In my personal opinion I think Jorginho is going for a downhill sort of spiral in his career at the moment. Yeah? Well, you put Jorginho... after your 30s but I mean but the question but that, is the question is isn't point. Question isn't is it going to be? I mean, we signed William for way too long. We signed, uh, we've signed players before to five year contracts and within a year or two, wish that we never had. I mean, we're only looking for this guy to really perform for us at a substitute level for four months. Yeah. Next yeah. year, yes, we're, we're, we're paying him next year. We also paid Sir Santi Cazorla and, and Per Mertesacker for the final years of their contracts. And and got a total of one game out of the uh, you know out of them combined in the, in that year. So, you know we're 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 doing a patch thing with one of the better possible four month patches that we could have gotten. Yeah, um, I hope I hope it's successful. I hope he literally like I would even if we don't have to use him, like everyone has already said as well. What he'll bring in the background in terms of leadership, he's one. Endless amount of uh, well awards and cups and so on and stuff like that. So it does bring that to the table. And you can as well. never, you can never have too many of those people in your dressing room. I mean, they don't, no. they don't, they, they just. There are people who get it, and there are people who want to be around people who get it, and then there are people who don't care about any of that. Yeah, You've gotten rid of the people that don't care about any of that. Keep get, keep bringing me good, good. You know, I, I don't want to have eleven. You know dressing room guys who aren't good enough players to, to ever step on the pitch for us. But Jorginho, I think is, is reasonable in that regard. A couple of comments from the, from the uh, chat before we, uh, before we move on. Uh, we, uh, we did have a question by the way, about uh, I think uh, Ben Jacobs was, was saying 
that Chelsea were doing these long contracts to spread out the impact of financial fair play over multiple FFP cycles. And basically, the, the distinction that I want to make is that, that how the one club pays another, whether it's all up front, over three years, over five years, over 10 years, is irrelevant to FFP. How long the contract is, is relevant, because whatever the total price is, if it's a million pa- uh, hundred million pounds, a four-year contract will result in 25 million a year, counting on that year's uh, profit and loss statement. Whereas if that same contract is signed over 10 years, it's 10 million a year. And then it depends on when and for what you sell the player, whether you take a loss or, or a gain. So, but an FFP cycle is normally three years. It's a rolling three years of when they look at your losses and your gains. And if you've lost too much money over that three-year plan because you spent way more than you've earned, that's where you can be sanctioned. Uh, we're currently at the end of a four-year cycle because of COVID, but then it's three-year cycles. So, yeah, there is an advantage to Chelsea um, you know, signing a player to a four-year contract rather than a three or a seven-year contract rather than a six and so on and so forth. But how they pay the fee, which was apparently the sticking point with Benfica on Enzo, uh, on, on Enzo, was it was irrelevant, and I don't know why they kept bringing that in. So, um, Pablo, any uh, any other comments with regards to the rest of the transfer window? And and um, are you are you, have you burned any Arsenal shirts today? No, no, I haven't. No, not at all. To be honest with you, I'm happy. I'm happy with Tossard. I think he's absolutely brilliant. And in terms of short-term successor, I mean, he's going to be better than Bayern Mudrich, I think, personally, because he's already prem-proven. And you can see just from his little cameos that he's had, well, the game against City and obviously his first game um, against United, you can see that he's going to be a talent. Um, I don't know much about the Polish lad, but from what I heard, he's going to be really good. So I'm excited to see him as well, see what he's got to bring. But over in the overall like transfer window, I'm actually happy. I'm not unhappy with Jorginho. I just questions how we've done it. And like the Casado thing, I think that we should have pulled out of that ages ago because we could tell we wasn't going to sign him and maybe looked for a better option. That is what basically my well, and, 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 and I would say that we don't know. I mean, the, the fact that we're still trying to get him doesn't mean that it was the only thing we were trying to do. I mean, like, like the, the, the concept out there is like, because we're putting in a third bid for him, we haven't even begun to scout who we would look into next. Like there's like, there's only one scout and he can only make one, you know, he can't multitask and it's just like in, in a line with plan B, plan C, plan D. Can I, you don't know what these people are doing. Can I make one comment before Pablo leaves about uh, panic signings? Yeah, isn't, isn't the man leading us on this <laughs> journey the most significant panic buy in Arsenal history? In Who gave you that idea? You didn't come up with that yourself. <laughs> I think Sacker as well. Yeah. Leading our, our youth and Arteta. I just, Andre yeah. Santos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just looked it up. Like, we, we lost that game on the 28th, and we signed him on the 31st of August. And I'm like, you know, so it happens, <laughs> but every team has it. And at the end of the day, we're adding depth. And because they're like, if this came, if this came from any other team, I think we would all be chill with it. But because it's Chelsea, we're just, you know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, that, I, do you know what? That's probably a, the literally on point there is probably because it's Chelsea. It's another if, you, if we Chelsea bought if we player. bought Jordan Henderson, would you be upset? Probably not as much. Is that, a, is that an accurate comparison? 
No, or am he's I completely not. out of left? No, no, no. I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. It's like had it been an older player coming from a different. Jordan team. Henderson's a. He's a leader. He's a captain. He's past he's his prime. A few years older, but yeah, I would say that's probably fair enough. Yeah, it's a fair comparison, and that's what I mean. I think it's more down to history repeating itself. That's what I'm worried about. I'm well, happy with Jorginho. I think he's better than El Nene, better than the Congo. As it's a so- uh, as a financial specialist, I can tell you that past performance does not predict future results. So uh, <laughs> every every transaction is unique from the others. It just we've we've had pretty bad luck with Chelsea X players, but I'll tell you right now that wouldn't have stopped me from signing Tammy Abraham. I think, and this and is it no sign like, me- this is no slight to Pablo, but I think it's just to the general Arsenal universe. We've not been unhappy now for a couple months, and there's no world that we live in where we can't have every Arsenal fan being happy about the same thing all the time. So, you know, the only thing that I hope is that Jorginho didn't take to like social media and see all of like the negativity because you don't want that, right? You want, hey, he's our player now, we're going to support him. Imagine, yeah. imagine in the first game he gets fouled. Saka's not in at that point, and he takes a penalty. And he does that little thing, and then he misses. Well, <laughs> like you might as well just sell him back to Chelsea for hey, nothing. You know what, though, our level. Of Why would you put that in the universe, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> our, our, our I put a lot of things in the universe. Has I probably gone up an extra step now that we have him, and we need that in this squad. So, and and uh, and the and, final word is from Double Gunner. No, I was going to say on that point, you're absolutely like what you're saying about the social media side of it. Can I just quickly just say this is that it's actually embarrassing to see how some of the Arsenal fans uh, tweet stuff and tweet players and everything else. Yes. Like I have an internal opinion. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be at the Emirates as I am every single time we play against Brentford cheering. If he starts, I'll be behind him 100%. Yeah. And I'd never, I'd hate people to take on social media to attack players or journalists that come up with um, any news or anything like that. I think that's just a low blow. Podcasters or podcasters, anything. Journals. I'll I'll probably get it now after this. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's all right. You know, just don't abuse anybody. And 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 Devil Gunner says, when you panic buy, you don't end up with Georgina. You end up with an inflatable unicorn. This was a panic buy. I I was panicked it wasn't going to arrive by the time I got back home, but. Pablo, wonderful to meet you last week. Great to have you back on. We'll uh, we'll do it again uh, sure. for a regular panel. And uh, and thanks for thanks for doing the double decker tonight between. Yeah, uh, I got uh, a guys. too. Um, All right, so we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to Pablo. We're gonna say goodbye to Jorginho. Thanks for joining us for the hour. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry you're so upset with me, Pablo. And uh, <laughs> I hope to do better by you in the masses. <laughs> take All care, right, guys. Take care, thanks guys. a lot. All right. Thanks for stepping in, John. All right. So John's going to stick around and we are going to bring in our next open micer. Things going, uh, going well so far. A lot of good opinions. People are starting to kind of, I guess, normalize. And I have an announcement to make. Mm. The window is closed. We did not sign any other players. We just, just the three. Uh, Kave, uh, our good friend from Sky Sports, who apparently uh, hated Tomiyasu, um, he has actually said we had the best transfer window of all Premier League clubs. And you does know, does he know where each player plays? I don't think he does. I don't think he knows the names of the players. Yeah. See, they've been needing a striker, and now they got Jorginho. So I Arsenal don't even, 
I don't even think he knows all the teams. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he uh, he seems pretty pretty uh, happy with Arsenal's window. So we will now find out. And I'm going I, I'm I'm going a bit out of order here, but that is simply because I know what the time is. Um, and uh, we are going to uh, welcome on. John, our friend from uh, from Palestine, Mohammed Iraqi, is in the house. Mohammed, good to see you again. It's been a few shows. Hi, hi, Mike. Hi, hey. nice to see you again after you're this with, long time. Hi, John. You're Hello. on with me and John. Um, so you are never one to be shy with your opinion. Uh, usually after games, on on uh, on on the performance, on the, uh, the the tactics, on the strategy. How are you looking at this transfer window? Are you focusing just on today and Jorginho, or are you focusing on the entirety of it? And and what are your thoughts? Yes, uh, first of all, it's now in Palestine, one hour after midnight. So I resisted uh, asleep to be with you, <laughs> Mike. Um, that's why. That's why we moved you up in the pecking order because you know anyone who who skips sleep and maybe time with their family to be with me, I, I feel bad for it because that's such an awful decision. But. Uh, on a serious note, so tell us while, Mike, it's been a while. You didn't uh, do the open mic show after the matches, so I, uh, I don't know I was why. At the matches, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yes, and and I hope you 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 do the the show earlier enough so so I can jump every every show, not to resist sleep every time. <laughs> All right, so tell us what's on your mind. Yes, uh, for me. When I heard uh, Jorginho first uh, name yesterday, I was a little bit surprised because I think we deserve a better player. Uh, I read Jorginho. He's an experienced player, serial winner, big character. I think Arteta want, wanted him because of the, these three uh, things. But for me, Edo had done a great job with Arteta in the last two years. From the day one, uh, I have full trust of Arteta, not, not because he's delivering this season as many uh, fans or as, as many bandits. Uh, for Edo, I think he failed massively uh, this transfer window and, and also last summer. Last summer, we, wow. we had half of the job, not all of the job done. We signed Zinchenko and Jesus, great deals. We didn't sign a midfielder. We didn't sign a winger. We were after Modric. And Shakhtar told us that he will cost 40 to 45 million euros. And Arsenal said, no. This is the, the first mistake started last summer. We could have Modric with, with this price last summer. Then uh, Arsenal said, when Pepe go, uh, goes out on loan, we will sign a winger. Pepe went to the French League. We didn't sign Awingar. And Elmini got injured a week before the closure of the summer transfer window. And Arsenal were reluctant, slow. And we got to the deadline day to, to the impossible deal for Douglas Lewis. And it, it was impossible because Villa didn't want to sell Lewis at deadline day. If we moved a, a week earlier, Aston Villa would have... Uh, uh, guaranteed Douglas Lewis to leave. And Edo kept one bid rejected, second bid rejected, and Douglas Lewis didn't, didn't get a midfielder. Uh, to go to the mic to this um, window, big failure with Modric D. Why? Because 
was not like our prime target. We saw him as a huge talent. We saw him as a future for us. Okay, uh, we were tracking him since long time, as I said. We started talking with Shakhtar 20 to 25th of uh, December. And the saga ended at the 16th or 17th of January. First of all, we wasted long time. Uh, we, we were not ruthless. Shakhtar had their price, 100 million euros, or close to it. And we were slow. Uh, Edo, 40 plus uh, 20 uh, first bid rejected. Then after a week, we'll think uh, the second bid is rejected. Chelsea was more monitoring the situation in case Arsenal failed and to jump on. And it appeared, it appeared at the final bid, Mike, and I heard the, the president of Shakhtar talking to many English outlets that Arsenal and Chelsea had the same offer, 70 guaranteed million euros plus 330 add-ons. But for Shakhtar, Chelsea were more serious. They uh, flew to Poland. They sit with them nine consecutive hours. They struck the deals. The payments and the structure of the 70 were more convincing than us. Then the add-ons were more realistic than us. So it's a big failure. Big failure. We must analyze this window as this. And Mudrik was our prime target. Then why? No, no. Can can, yes. can we can we hold on for just a second there? Because I want to yes. I want to I want to let John give his yes. his thoughts on on uh, you know on what you've said with regards to Mudrik and you know many people would say. I mean, I asked you the question. Uh, it is, uh, you know, what, and that is part of what you make of the entire transfer window. Um, I would want to have heard more about the positives about Trossard in the context, but uh, but John, your thoughts on uh, on whether the mother. I will talk later about. I will talk later about Trossard, John. Well, yeah, I was going to say I like the Trossard deal. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of Mudrick. I, you know, I was one of the champions for him here. To, to come here. He's one of the most exciting talents, in my opinion, in terms of prospects in, in, in Europe, um, especially on that left wing side. You know, you look at Finney Jr., these kind of players. I think you can kind of put him in, in a similar kind of position, obviously not as as well established. But uh, I think a lot of the the reason that deal fell through was, was political. Um, and, and especially now you know that, you know, we'll, I don't know if you want to get into all that, but I like the Trussard deal. I, I really like that he's going to be able to run right into the side and has run, ran right into the side. And uh, it, it really is that kind of player for it. Assume Mudrik never happened, right? Assuming we're never in for him. Um, <laughs> I just saw that about Lee. Uh, assuming, that, assuming that never happened, um, then I think, uh, I think we're looking at the Strasar deal in, in a very different light. And I think we're looking at it as a very shrewd signing a uh, player that's just getting into the prime of his career. Uh, you look at his at his uh, his statistics; they're very, very good. Especially this season, they've been very good up up until the issues that he had with with Brighton, which are you know, John. I agree with you. I agree. Just I didn't talk about Trossard. I I analyzed why why Edo fail failed with this with our prime uh, prime target, which uh, who is Modric. 
concerning Trossard, people now said that Trossard is good because they say he, they saw him in two matches. For me, I was calling Arsenal to sign Trossard for the last two years. And with many shows, with Lev and with Harry Simeo. And I, I wrote it with, uh, on my page on Twitter that Arsenal must look at Trossard. He is suitable, fantastic mm-hmm. player. Uh, he has a huge experience. He proved himself in the Premier League. He's 28. Uh, I think he's matured enough. He played, he played. He's very good. He can score goals in both feet also. Mm-hmm. He can play in, in, in all the positions up front. So, me, I'm very happy for Trossard. Yeah, and I guess I just, I, I'm not, I don't really see it the same way as, as us failing with Mudrik. I think we really tried our best. We knew and we ha- we thought we were in a good position because the player was very vocal and open about wanting to come here. I think at the end of the day, it came down to things that were not football related. With yeah, I, and 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 I I agree with you, and I know what you're referring to, and 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 I think it did have a lot to do with that. And here's the thing for me, uh, Mohammed, which is that Arsenal are trying to both because of their own desire to be self-sustainable once we are back on the track that we were you know previously on and the desire to i mean we, there is a stubborn desire to try to make this sport not careen completely out of control with you know the spending that chelsea and united and barca and real madrid are doing because it's not good for the game and i honestly think and and mo- and many people don't care about this because all they want to do is is see us win. They don't care about the long term, the short term. I think Arsenal have a principled approach to I don't mean morally principled. I just mean a principled approach to how they're going to spend because we have extracted ourselves out of such a poor financial position where we've made bad contract decisions, we've made bad personality decisions, we've 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 gone through years and years with Champions League wages and Europa or not even Europa League outcomes. Mm-hmm. I, there there is a there there's a I don't I don't even want to call it austerity at all because that was more about when we were paying the stadium off. Uh, there is a desire to be principled in our approach, and Arsenal are willing to an extent now to get pulled into some of these ridiculous transfers. And I look at the Mudrick one as being a ridiculous transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're willing to get pulled into it to a degree, but there is a limit to that degree. Had we, you know, and, and people seem to talk about the Mudrick deal like as, as if we, you know, if we had just offered 100 like Chelsea did, uh, we would have gotten them. Well, no, because Shakhtar then would have said, Chelsea, all you got to do is, is go to 110 and you've got them. And if we then went to 120, I have no question that they would have gone to 130. That because we're not dealing with normal situations here. We're not dealing. This is not a, a silent auction with normal people with budgets. So I, I just feel like, you know, and, and the Casado thing as well. You haven't said this, but many people have said, you know, we can't get big deals over the line. If we were, we would have just offered the 100 you know, million for Caicedo. It's not our money. Why do we care that they're spending that much? And and you just you set a dangerous precedent when you do that. You you ruin things for later. You throw everything off balance. And 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 I happen to think that Chelsea and United, who and you know, United can afford to do that. Chelsea won't be able to 
if they don't get in the Champions League over the next few years. And and I just I don't see that as a failure. And 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 we want to give you one last word, and then I'm going to bring Daniel on because um, it's uh, it's late for him yep. as well. But uh, you know, I, I, I we can have a difference of opinion about failures or not failures. But do you feel that? I'm hoping that we can end on this topic. Do you feel that we as a club are in a better position squad-wise now than we were December 31st and January 31st of last year? Yes, uh, I agree. We are uh, in, in better shape. And I agree with, with most of, of what you said. But on the other hand, uh, we have money. Uh, okay, not like Chelsea. Ball is uh, spending mad. Okay. But we have to rectify our errors, which I said some of them, uh, i.e. identifying our targets better, when to start negotiating, and how. To be ruthless enough and shrewd to get our prime targets. We are now in a healthy situation. We are top of the league. This position we were not in for many years. We are going forward process-wise, team-wise, on and off the pitch. We are now uh, again and uh, again attractive to, to players. So it's on, on, on Edo to deliver and to bring the the prime targets for me as an arsenal fan and a journalist and an all arsenal fan uh, mike my feeling chelsea okay i know they, they have money but they brought modric and now enzo fernandez two of the best young talents in the world not only in europe so really i feel angry disappointed because Chelsea got them. I know they have money and they spend mad. But Arsenal, in this in this situation, healthy sports situation, I, yeah. must, must, must be able to compete and to bring some some of, of these type of players. Mohamed, this did is you, my analysis. Did you, Mohamed, did you feel angry and disappointed when, when Chelsea signed Timo Werner, Kai Heiverts, uh Romelu Lukaku the second time? Uh, I mean, they... They are in. I, I agree with you that these are exciting young prospects and talents, but what they're taking on from a fee standpoint, a wage standpoint, and a contract length standpoint, just to make it all fit under FFP, they're taking on a massive risk. That if Mudrick just decides that he's no longer interested in football or he's not as good as he's supposed to be, or you know, they're going to be on the hook for these players for way longer than we were on the hook to Mesut Ozil and Mustafi and all those guys. So they're, they're taking on a huge amount of risk. So, again, it's one of those situations, and, and we're going to move on to Daniel now, that, uh, that, that I say, you know, let's see how it pans out. They may have made some very good investments that will be frustrating that we didn't make, but I think that we've made a lot of them that other teams are wishing that they would have made. Um, and, um, you know, our 70, 80, 90, 100 million pound signings are being made for 30, 40, 50 million pounds or, or, or being grown at Hale End. So, Mohamed, thanks for joining us. Thanks for staying up late. And, uh, and, and it's my pleasure always to be with you. It's my we'll pleasure you always day. to be with you, Mike, and hope to be with you soon, soon, soon. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Well, take care and enjoy top of the league, mate. Uh, good evening. Have a good night. All right, Daniel, thank you for, uh, for staying on late. Uh, 
it was great to see you again last week as well, my friend. Took yeah, uh, it was good fun. I mean, was that not the? I mean, every time I'm at the Tallington before a game, and I I, I can't speak to after the game because I I don't have much memory of that, but uh, it's just the best environment on a game day when everything's going well and the people coming in and out. It's I, I was so glad that you came down and joined us. So yeah, the atmosphere there before the game was amazing, and then we won, and it just all kind of went to plan went to plan, didn't it? It sure did. It sure did. So I know that your opinion, because you expressed it in the chat, was that Adu did not fail. Um, so, you know, tell us kind of where you stand on either the transfer window or the comments that have been made by others so far. I mean, it's we're top of the league. We're doing very well. I, I'll kind of go go back on this about the whole trust the process. I'm going to kind of go a bit deep in that. What is the process? What what actually is it? And in in my opinion, I think it's we're going to look back in ten years' time over the last ten years. What have we done? And I'm hoping that we're bu- we're building a team because we, we've Odegaard's what twenty three, twenty four. Saka's twenty one, twenty. Like, they're all young team and they're going to be with each other for for a while, hopefully. And for five six years. The fact we're top of the league now, we, we could be winning the league four, four times out of five. We could be winning the Champions League. It, uh, in, my, in my opinion, the That's process... so exciting, is... I'm going to take a dip in the pool. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that here in, in London. <laughs> Sorry, you just excited me so much I had to cool off. Oh, I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... It's, you can't... It's... I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off. No, but we, we've got a good team and we're building a team for the next five, six years. And so if we brought in Kaiseido now, yeah, it'd be a great long-term signing. But right now we, we want to win the league this season. And I think Jorginho has come in, Trossard's come in to actually make us win the league this season. Whilst I don't think Jorginho is a long-term signing, I think the long-term signings we can do in the summer, I don't think that's kind of the essential part of it. Um, and yeah, I just think, trust the process. Like I, I'm quite content with whatever Arteta and Edu do. I, I, I trust them. And if Jorginho is the right guy, if Trossard is the right guy, and I, I trust that, and I hope. I mean, we've been signed that. a guy with the word "trust" in his name, so we, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I know that you feel that way, and I know a lot of other people do feel that way. That you know, and what I, what I said about Mudrick was, I think 70, 80, 90 is too much for him. But if Arteta and Adu think that seventy, eighty, or ninety is either doable, appropriate, or a fine, will go. You know, we'll kind of go over our valuation. Then I then I'm fine with it because at this point, I mean, Willian not the greatest decision, uh, but other than that, there are I mean the 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 players that we've gotten, not the players we missed out on. I'm not worried about that. Vlavic got nothing yeah. to do with Mikel Arteta, Mikel Arteta or Adu. So, but I wonder, you know, do we need an 80 million, 90 million winger, 21 year old? We've already got that in Martinelli. But we've if got that in Mbappe, Martinelli. Then, yeah. <laughs> True. But we have that in Martinelli, who might be better than Madrid. But I guess time will tell with that. We've got similar on the other side of Saka. So and bringing in someone for 90, 80 million, they're not going to see 
full potential. And if they are, then Martinelli won't. And that's something that I guess Arteta knows in the background. Yeah, I'm not. I, you know, I when when you play 50, 55 games a year, uh, which is our hope. I'm not about like, oh, he's going to stunt this guy's progress because, you know, because we're buying another per. I mean, Trostard will get tons of opportunities. Oh, exactly. I say this all the time. Riyad Mahrez gets plenty of time and goals and opportunities with and titles with Manchester City. Uh, and he was never, you know, he's he's competing against Foden and and um, and I mean, I don't know why I can't think of anyone else, but like the, the I mean, he's he's got a. a He's not the first choice winger. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do think, though, that when you're spending absurd amounts of money on your, on your second team or your 1As, uh, they've got to be guaranteed successes, not, not prospects. Yeah. So also, we're doing brilliantly. We're five points clear with the squad that we've had, and we've only improved this January. We're in a better position than we were uh, on New Year's Eve. Would you agree? I know we've let Lekonga go and Cedric, but, but none of them are actually playing. We, we've had Lekonga, we've had Elneny, and none of them have really made an impact in the Premier League this season. They, none John, of them John, you're, I mean, are, are you, do you think that any of the players that we're sending out are going to be people that we're missing? John? It's John's. John sleeping? He's muted. <laughs> no, no, no. And are we going to be missing them? I think you have to look at what the benefit that they're going to have in terms of their development versus what we're going to get from missing them. I think if everything goes to shit with with Jorginho and he forgets how to play football, and or you know we need a backup and he's not there, I don't think I, then. Yeah, I guess maybe that's an issue. But I, I think given the amount of games we have left, um, it should be you know touch wood it should be good enough uh, that, that it's not going to be an issue. And when you balance that out with the the experience that Lekonga is going to get playing for Vieira and playing, you know, regular uh, Premier League football, I think it's going to be invaluable. And, you know, who I guess what was the other one that you mentioned? I know we, we talked about Lekonga. Cedric going out. Going out Cedric, all, I, that, all, Cedric. That is, all that is is saved wages. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't make or break anything, but but it. I mean, he was he wasn't gonna play. And if if Cedric was getting into games in the latter stages of the Europa League or the Premier League, which are the only two competitions that we've got left, then we got a problem. But that's the yeah. Thing he was that... he was a non-entity really for us. Um, and it's not saying that he's not a good player. I think especially last season he was extremely important for us for that push for top four. And I think that he was great when he slotted in. Um. You know, is he one that I think that we're going to stick around with? I don't necessarily think so. So at the very least, he's going to be able to increase his profile by playing regular football, and, and which is only going to help us if we need to sell him or, or whatever. So I don't see – I think I would answer that it would help us. All of the loans help us. But that's the thing. It's like Lukonga and, and Elneny, they haven't been needed that much in the Premier League. The occasional time they'll come on with 10, 15 minutes to go. So Jorginho might not actually get used a lot. But if Xhaka and Partey are starting every game, well, Jorginho might just be there for the numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and he's good at the dressing room. For, num- for numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, any thoughts? You know, we haven't talked about 
uh, who's that guy that we were going to sign from a team in Spain and then it just kind of all fell apart? Like Fres uh, Fresneda? Fresneda. Did, right. did, Adu, did Adu fail with Fresneda? <laughs> like, I guess um, he, he might have been loaned out. It, it's very much one for the future. I mean, he's a right back. We've already got Ben White and Tommy Asu. So do we need him in the squad right now? Probably not. But maybe he's one for the future that Edu, uh, Edu and Arteta like. Um, and maybe we'll we'll come back to that in the summer. Do you think that, Dan, do you think that we are in for two new midfielders over the summer now that, uh, now that Jordan, I mean, you know, the, the word is that there is no intention to say it's going to be Rice or Z what is it Zuby Zaretta? <laughs> that or um, that's the older Zuba Mendy. Yeah, yeah Zuba <laughs> you know, Mendy. You got your Zuba Mendes. You got your Rices. You got your uh, your Caicedos. You got your Telemanses. Uh, who's going to be free? You've got your Patinos. You've got your Patinos as well. You've got your Patinos of the world, which your I when people do that. Your Patine. <laughs> your Patine. Um, don't talk about my patina. Um, you know, it's, it's the summer is like almost a, a, a breeding ground for potential really impactful midfielders for when Partey and Jaka are either unavailable or, you know, too old to be contributing anymore. And, and, uh, and I just think it's, it's a, if we, close this thing out and win the chance win the Premier League um, or even if we just really just put our best effort forward and it's just clear that we are in this now like Liverpool and City were with a chance of being in that top two one or two every single year we now will be a place where we can say okay we want a midfielder here are the 10 people that we're considering who wants to come to us and which team wants to deal with us we're not quite there yet and this is what i was going to say with 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 mo uh when we were talking about you know failures and you know being a destination team you, we're not at the point yet where we can set the terms we're getting there and we're a heck of a lot closer to that than we were years and years ago i mean we have mudrick tweaking for us twerking for us constantly we have other players who I think would like to play for the Arsenal rather than just come here because no one else will take them. Uh, but, you know, you get a, a, a league title or push City to the last day for a league title, and I think the summer starts folding into a different situation where players start coming to us like they were coming to Liverpool three or four years ago or like they come to City now. And, uh, and we'll get deals – for players that are 80 million now that might be 50 or 60 million then. And, and it will just allow us to continue to strengthen from underneath now that we've got our, our first 11. It, it looks like Kai Sado really wanted to come to Arsenal because he, he can see what's happening. We're, we're building a very young team. Where, and apart did he from say, Jack, I mean, did, did he seem to want to move to Arsenal? Or did he just seem to want to move to a big contract? I mean, I'm, it, I'm uncertain based on that message. It was more like, I want to fulfill my dreams that I can't do at Brighton. It just seems like that was all said after the bid from Arsenal. So two plus two is four kind of thing. But usually. you can yeah, usually. But you can see what we're building. And apart from Jacques and Partey, our oldest players in our first team are what Jesus and Zinchenko, who are 25, 26. So if you replace Jacques and Partey and I guess Jorginho with 
a 24 year old and a 22 year old then all of a sudden the whole squad is just a lot younger and that could be something we might be looking but I've heard Elneny might be signing a one-year extension and with him Jorginho, Xhaka and Partey in midfield with maybe Patino coming back I, I can't imagine we'll be signing two midfielders so whether that's just Declan Rice or just Caicedo or whoever it may be um but I mean it's it's exciting times it is. I mean, and and not to turn this into a cronky referendum, but I mean, they're spending money now. And um, again, as you will. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 just kind of crazy that uh, you know, in the last couple of seasons, what we've seen, you know, it's like almost since they took full ownership, they've uh, they've dedicated their efforts and money to to the team. I've always liked cronkies. I've always backed them. Well, and you, you know, I, ha- I have on. No, no, I, no, I, I know you're not kidding when you say that. Uh, you're, you're, you're like the opposite. You're, you're like the anti-Hoggy type of situation. <laughs> how great was meeting Hoggy? Or I mean, you probably met Hoggy before, but uh, you know, how old is he? No, all right. Now I'm, now I'm starting to wonder. Uh, this is how you know there's no one else in the green room. We, uh, we unfortunately lost uh, Dean. I think we, uh, we held, we, we had him holding on too long. I did want to go back and read uh, Bill from uh, at Gunnerworks was was in, but unfortunately uh, he had to go spend some time with his family. He just wanted to kind of put out there, I'm happy with this signing, meaning Jorginho and the window as a whole. Can't understand why people are losing their minds, but it's not unexpected. We're the Arsenal. Have a great day. Uh, sorry we didn't get uh, get things to Bill uh, or get to Bill, but. Um, do we know who the six and the eight are between Rice and Caicedo? Are, are they both kind of sixes? And, and again, we're, such, we're used to such a flexible kind of fluid formation that I don't know that it has to be defined specifically in these ways. I'm, I, again, I'm, I, I'm not a tactical genius, but sixes and eights imply a level of inflexibility of position, and I think we're doing the opposite of that, right? But the thing, the thing is, what happens to Partey then next season if we sign both of them? And Xhaka, where do they go? Where do they fit well, in? I think, I think that the club is really looking at Partey, and I'm, I'm thinking they know that there's an injury issue. I'm thinking they know that there's not someone that necessarily they can count on for another full season, uh, and they're really trying to build for the future there. And obviously, that's my guess. I mean, you look at the player who before he came to us and you look at his injury record and, you know, obviously this is the Premier League. It's a lot more high end, you know, high end, but a lot more intense physical. And you start seeing he's getting injured more and you look at his age and and you're starting to wonder, you know, maybe this is just something that they're they're planning for. Um, it, It would be good to be able to use Partey still but still have the ability to, to bring in these new players who are definitely more so the future of that midfield than I would imagine Partey would be. And um, along with that, we're, we're also going to have Champions League football next year. Um, so, you know, this is a big stage where uh, that, kind of, that kind of competition in a key area is really vital for, for success in the competition. Um, so, you know, even though that they might not see him as a future, like a long-term player out of the next couple of years or whatever, you know, hopefully that's not the case and party sticks around forever. But um, assuming that's not the case, it's good to have that kind of, that kind of competition in that area. Yeah. And we'll be able to, to compete in all, all fronts in terms of the, the league cup, the FA cup, 
and when the what was it the deck table deck travel or something yeah yeah it's weird when was the last time we were like oh what what dm do we play like it's like you know it's usually like oh man do we don't have a dm what center back do we play in the middle and now now we, you know it'd be good to kind of be on the other end of that <laughs> yeah i think sophie makes it very clear there it was yeah. very light when i started this show Yes, it was. It was like this. It, it's still. It's what six thirty here, and and this tends to be when the sun sets. But uh, and I didn't turn the outside light on. But um, but Daniel, we're uh, we actually do have one more person. He uh, he is joining us to finish off the show. Um, Daniel, you're welcome to stay on actually if you want to, or we can we can swap you out. It's up to you. Uh, we're gonna. I'll we're gonna... stay on. And have a listen. All right, because we're gonna bring in Drew, who uh, who is in the house. Uh, are you? Are you are you are, are you've been triggered today by by idiots, um, and and I and I just want to you know you, you're 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 perfectly welcome to share your thoughts here, but we've we've covered kind of the bases on 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 Jorginho as much as we possibly could, but we want to hear the unique and uh, and reputable approach from from uh, from Drew Thompson. So what do you got to say? I mean, I don't know if there's anything necessarily more unique at this point. Um, you know, those have watched maybe watched Tom shows earlier. Uh, he kind of covered a lot of the a lot of the ground. You and John have covered more here. I kind of just feel like I don't think there's enough people contextualizing the deal for Jorginho. I think that's the the main issue that I have with it. Um, I think a lot of people maybe looked at it as saying, you know, they're worried about how many games he's going to play. Well, you know, don't you know catastrophize Thomas Partey's situation currently. He's you know he's fit. He's going to play. Bringing Jorginho in gives you a player who's won Champions League recently. He's won Euro the League. I'm sorry, uh, Euro 2020 recently, um, and he's a player that you can probably trust in Europa League moving forward this season to give Partey a rest, maybe until say the final or whatever have you. Um, the money is is good. The contract's a, a shorter contract. He gives you experience because, like it or not, one of the chief reasons why we did choke at the back end of last season trying to get top four is because we're we were inexperienced. There's a lot of young players in the squad, right? So bringing someone in who has that high-level experience when it matters most is going to help a young team maybe get it over the line, whereas last season we didn't. Um, and I, I fully admit, at first, I wasn't hugely up on the deal. You know, you guys saw the things that I said in the TGT, and I wasn't like, you know, maybe doom and gloom and, and bedlam for me, but I kind of thought that, you know, maybe we should transition elsewhere for a younger signing that we could maybe bet in now, give him some minutes across Europa League, and then maybe spot starts or spot minutes in Premier League and then move forward with it. Mm. But when I kind of sat but back who are and thought the, about who more, are those people? Like Bamba is one that I've heard about? Yeah, but... Bamba is one of them who I who I, I wrote a lot about for work. I, I went kind of deep into the Y Scout, like – I, I do rate him, and there's a reason why Mancini wants him in the Italian national squad that's coming in a national cycle for Euro 2024 qualifying. He's actually much better than people think. Tom and asked a great question, though, that, that kind of makes you think about these guys, Which would, and, and I'll steal his question because he stole everything else from our podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's like, February 15th, Partey's not available. El Neni's not available. Your choices yeah. are a brand-new Ibrahima Bamba. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank God. Um, or, you know, or Jorginho. Like, who are you more comfortable starting in that particular game, which by this point is, other than potentially the Europa League final, the most important game of our season? Uh, or the next well, most I, I, important I, 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 Or a title race. Who do you trust? When you look at it, when you look at 
Yeah, when you look at it that way, I kind of feel like so my initial reaction was maybe go after someone's younger. But then if when you when you started to hear kind of the back end information about the, the Jorginho deal, it was not instead of it right. was including two. We could have gone out and gotten two midfielders, really. So you could go out and get Jorginho and Bamba, right? And then you still have Jorginho that can play, and then you can still get Bamba in. Even if he's not playing a lot, you, you kind of want to bet him into the system. You do start him if you need to. He's there for a minute. So my kind of tweaked opinion was you could go out and get both because the money was there for it. And obviously, if we're willing to shell out, you know, 100 million euro on Mihailo Mudrik, we can go out and spend 20 million on Bamba and Jorginho combined. There's no reason why we couldn't. It's just a matter of, you know, we didn't, and that's okay. But for me, I kind of feel like a lot of fans just, it's kind of the same stuff over and over. Like, you, you, we're always comparing our business to our rivals. And, and yeah, you can do that to, to a certain extent, but you also can't. Chelsea have, you know, they have a, the decks were completely cleaned of the debt, basically. And now, you know, clearly capital are not broke. Like, you know, like Bali has a, a ton of money he could throw at the problem. I don't agree with their transfer policy. I think if you look at the, the profile of players they're bringing in, they're good players. They're very good players. A lot of them have very high ceilings. But we don't know if that'll work for Graham Potter on a tactical level. We don't know if those guys will mesh on the pitch. And then what happens? And they have to well, go Potter's, get Potter's not going to be coaching them. I don't think he will. I think I think if you want to like, as 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 the three of us as our Americans, we know how the, the American sporting world works. When you bring in these types of players with this type of pedigree, you're going to want a manager to be the face of that. And it's they're going to bring in Kaladi back, aren't they? I think it's going to be Zidane. He's, oh, he's, well, he yeah. can't manage France. He's managed Real Madrid to three Champions League titles, which is the second most in history. Turn down the U.S. Turn down the U.S. <laughs> men's national team job. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, that was so that was possible, but <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like I look at Zidane as like that experienced manager who has managed some some good it's young players now. in the past at Real Madrid. Being the US so I think they'll probably do that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think it'll be powder, but I just I, I look at Chelsea's business and you cannot compare it. And we also can't compete with it either. I think we have different principles, which we've held firm to. I think this January showed that we are willing to go after players for big money if we feel like it's the right player. But the caveat is we still have a ceiling that we won't go past because we cannot start getting into these bidding wars where you know, we're, we're never going to be that that club to do it. And as much as KSC has kind of released like the pressings a bit more than they have in the beginning, we're still not going to be that kind of club to, to do 100 million, 120 million. But I don't think it'll ever happen. I think it'll happen once in a blue moon for someone like a Mujic, like you know, John was saying, like, you know, if you have the chance to go out and get a potentially world-class player who reported to Serbia said he thought he could be a potential Ballon d'Or winner, then maybe, you, yeah, maybe you do go and do it. But Enzo Fernandez, 115 million. I'm sorry. Like he had a brilliant World Cup, but he's not a 150 million pound midfielder. Not for me, anyway. I kind of feel like Benfica cashed in well, like they always do on their talent, but also they're cashing in the fact that he had a brilliant World Cup. If this deal happened last summer, he's not going to be that much money. If this deal happened in the coming summer, it probably wouldn't even be that much money. He's uh, but, he's Portuguese uh, uh, Arshman, so uh, that's what we hope, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's tricky. Like, but overall, I just feel like. I'm not sad with it. At the end of the day, we brought in two Premier League experienced players to help us in the title push. We brought in Kyrgyz, who, by all accounts, is actually also quite good. He had a good spell of Spezia. He can play center back. He can play DM as well. Uh, Robert Lewandowski gave him a glowing review because they have they spent time together in a Polish national team camp. So 
I don't know. I think there's a lot to be positive about. I don't think it was a perfect window, of course, but I do think it's better than people give it credit for. And I think it's it's enough to give us a lot of the depth we needed to make sure we survive the season and don't you know putter out in the last five, six weeks that, that we've seen before. And it also allows us to continue to challenge in Europa League, which you want, while also trying to sustain our challenge in, in, in Premier League and you know actually having a real shot of the double for the first time in however many decades. So to, to, to me, the perfect January transfer window is getting all your June business done in January without spending more. Uh, I mean, yeah. or, or without spending a tremendous amount more because the benefit is you have them for an extra six months. And, th- and that's why Januarys are weird. I mean, I sent out a tweet earlier today. I think it was maybe five hours before the transfer window closed that, that showed what the net spend of all the, the Premier League uh, teams were. Chelsea obviously whacked out way on top, but we were the second highest spending team in this transfer window. Uh, now, that may have changed with some of the late uh, – Nottingham Forest signed John Joe Shelby from Newcastle. How yeah. old is that guy? They also signed uh, Kaylor Navas, did they not? Yeah, I saw that. They but... signed the entire U.S. men's national team. Oh, and the and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Totten, Totten, I'm, I've got uh, in the background or opposite of where where the pool is. I've got the TV with with Sky Sports on in the background. So uh, so I've been watching that. Tottenham signed some dope on loan from Sporting. Um, see that they, they cut uh, what's his face's deal? Yeah, Doherty's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope so, he tweets um, about us. So here, here, here's the. <laughs> he made uh, him delete his tweet, and then they cut his contract. <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> Too funny. What happened? Yeah. So remember when he tweeted about you know the, a while back about you know because he's an Arsenal fan. Who? Uh, Doherty. Oh, do- oh yeah, okay, yeah. And then and then they made him delete it, and now now they cut his contract. I thought they just sent him on loan to Madrid. No, they terminated. No, free tra- free transfer. They cut his contract. They let him go on a free, so he can go to Atletico Madrid. <laughs> well, the little boy in him always wanted to play for Atletico Madrid. So. <laughs> All right, we're gonna and and uh, whenever we talk about little boys, that's when the pod ends. Uh, so we are gonna end it there. Um, I was happy to be joined by Andy uh, once again, and then uh, and then my my co-host from from a borrowed uh, you, we had you guys as loan deals for two hours, uh, John and and Drew at the very end. Yeah, uh, man. We had a great cast of characters in here today. Uh, some people breaking their ducks, some people coming back, uh, some positivity, some negativity, some anger, some chill, um, and. Uh, that was a good couple hours. So if you like this kind of a show and, and this is your first time watching uh, an open mic, join us. We're usually an hour after the final uh, whistle of, of Arsenal games when we can. And, uh, and follow us at the Gooners Pod. Throw us a like, a thumbs up, whatever it's called, whatever the kids are calling it these days. And, um, and stay tuned because we will be very shortly. And, Dan, I'm going to ask you to join us for this. We will be doing the draw of the final 32 for the football phrases FA cup still working on final guests for the actual show, but we're going to do a draw special and, and, you know, we'll talk about those phrases again during the draw special. So Dan, hope you'll, uh, uh, I'm pumped. Hope you'll eliminate some of your sleep, uh, to join (laughs) us for that, for that special occasion. Of course, of course. And, uh, and that's about it. Gentlemen, any, uh, where can we find you? Uh, Drew, you, this is the longest you've kept one Twitter handle, I think, in a long, long time. 
Yeah, you can just find me at Mix Kid Remix and uh, writing for one-on-one great goals. So, yeah. Beautiful. Um, are they ever thinking of expanding to like 102 great goals or? <laughs> Does a Twitter account 102 great goals? while. Is that? Yeah, that usually that they do a lot of the like the social media pushes through that account, they... and then 101 is news. Oh, so it's not just like a, a a copycat account where they just add one thing to it. It's it's, it's no, a... it would be hilarious if that was the case, but that's not the case. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do 103 great goals. It's like it's like <laughs> six minute abs. I'm going to do five minute abs. <laughs> such a good movie yeah that was a great movie all right john what are you up to uh are we just giving up on the podcasting career at this point? no i said every I time said, you keep saying i'm gonna go back and do it no no i'm not <laughs> but i am gonna do an episode if we win the league ah all right. when we win the league it's an episode of when the we win the league. when we win the league thanks dan all right. And Daniel, uh, which weather spoons are we going to next? <laughs> exactly. That's the question. Just as long as the steak's good, then we're, yeah, we're all right. Yeah. I, I, I learned, I, I went to weather spoons uh, on this trip a handful of times, did not order the steak, not making that mistake. I don't blame Never you. Uh, oh, yeah. That steak was a mistake. So this has been the Gunners Podcast, season seven, episode 79. And we shall say farewell with a brief video. And the transfer window is. Shut. Watching the Gooners Podcast, a production of TGP Media, wholly on subsidiary of Wanker Broadcasting Company Limited PLC. All rights and likenesses, except for Owens, are available for purchase and distribution according to the historical tenets of Bird Law. Make sure to check out the Gooners Podcast Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TGP. Find Gooners V Cancer at GoonersVCancer.com. And don't forget, get them credit cards out. The Gooners Podcast has been brought to you thanks to a generous investment from Elon Musk, as well as the letter G and the number 69. Remember, Gooner family, that taught them get better everywhere they go. TGP. <laughs>